Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Isaiah chapter number 11 from verse 1 to 2. We would look at it in the Amplified. Alright, let's read together. Want to go. Let's, let's read together in, in concert. One And the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and strength. The Spirit of knowledge and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. Alright. Hallelujah. Spirit of living God, we thank you for your glory and your presence here. We will receive your word today with joy and gladness. And thank you because insight has come to us. Revelation has come to us. Understanding has come to us. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's give the Lord a shout quickly. Hallelujah. Alright, so we are in the All the Fields episode, which is the final episode for our Demystify series. This is the All the Fields episode of the Demystify series. And we are going to be looking at something very interesting. So let's start by helping you understand that all the fields has to do with having access to everything that something provides. Experiencing everything. Um, if you've ever been to a maybe an, an event or a gaming center, there is something called a VIP pass. And some people might have a VVIP pass. And it's all access granted. In other words, come forward, come forward. In other words, when we say all access granted, what we mean is that this particular card gives you access to everything that is available. And so you can have the entire experience. What is available in that space is available to you. You can have the entire experience, not one experience and then the other. Some other um, cards gives you access to just one part of the experience. 
But there is a card that gives you all access. If you've ever been to concerts, you would see certain people wear the all access granted card. So it means there's no part of that space that they can't get access to. Now, speaking about all the fields, I would like to add and trails. It is that the believer has access to everything that the Spirit of God has made available. You can experience all the gifts of the Spirit. All of them. Not a few. Not some. Not most. But all of it. Hallelujah. The believer can experience it. And being filled with the Holy Ghost and experiencing the gifts of the Spirit has a feel. And so there is a way that it makes you feel, for lack of a better word. And there is a way that it programs your thinking. And there is a way that it helps you to behave. And there is a, an outlook that it gives to you. Alright? And there is a result that it brings to your life. So we are saying that the believer has access to all the fields, everything that the Spirit of God has made available. And we say, Amen. Amen. Now, here's the other thing that I want to be very strong about today. Write this down. A man's experience of God is based on the man's convictions about God. Your experience of God is always based on your convictions about God. What you believe about God always manifests itself in what you experience about God. Your belief affects your experience. So whatever you're convinced about in your relationship with God is going to be your experience. So, for example, if you're convinced that God can delay on answering you because He wants to teach you a lesson, and you're really convinced about it, that's going to be your experience. If you're convinced that God can decide not to answer you, that's going to be your experience. If you believe that you have to go through the ropes, learn the steps, before you finally arrive at something, that's going to be your experience. I remember a dear minister of the gospel talked about how he went to see another minister of the gospel, an elderly man who at the time was pastoring a very small church, you know, somewhere in Badagri. But, I mean, this guy was, was experiencing all of the gifts of the Spirit in his life. You know, never learned how to speak French, but he was at the border of the nation because... He could jet out into, you know, all of the French-speaking countries and was doing remarkable work. His church was not a big church. But when he, as soon as he crosses the border, the Spirit of God comes upon him and he speaks fluent French. Never learned it before. Fluent French. So he did a lot of great work. Crusades. Massive crusades in French-speaking countries. Alright? But he was a Yoruba guy. He, his church was in the Dagri. He's gone to be with the Lord now. And this dear minister said, he went to see him, you know, when he was about starting church. And then when he sat down in front of him, 
He began to tell him everything he had heard. Everything he had heard ministers say to him. Now you know, when you start church, church will be up and down. You know, things will go left and things will go right. And experience, allow yourself some six years and some time, you know, before the work. It will grow, but it will take a while, you know, so just get used to it and all of that. And whilst he was talking, the, um, the, the man got up very angry and shouted at him and said, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Whose experience are you, descri- are you describing right now? And then he asked him, where is it in the word that you must go through ups and downs before you arrive at something good? Where is it in the word? Where did the word of God give you that impression? I feel the glory of God. That you are going to have to go through the struggles and the ups and downs before you finally arrive at something. How did you arrive at that information? Where did you get that from? You realize that you have been echoing all of the words that you've been hearing. All of the words that you've been hearing in your environment has become your echo. All the things you've been seeing around you has become subconsciously what you expect to happen to you. So you expect that you're going to go through a season of not having, then maybe when you finally begin to get towards your 40s and towards your 50s, then maybe you get a grip on this thing called life. Hey, but look at, by the time you get to your 40s and your 50s, don't you know it's already over? Do you understand what I'm saying? God can make something out of you even now, even today. So it is your convictions And many times people are speaking other people's experiences that they've become convinced about. Your convictions about God is going to determine your experience of God. You know, Israel, they believed, actually it was Israel who believed that they couldn't see God face to face. So God gave them Moses. They believed that they couldn't see him face to face. God never told them they couldn't talk to him. God never spoke to them and said, you know what, you're not going to see me face to face. They just believed that he was too holy and he was too far away. And let us reverence him as God. We cannot talk to you face to face. And so God said, okay, no problem. I'll give you Moses. What that means is that the people had believed that they could not have an experience of God without an intermediary. And God gave them an intermediary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So whatever is your conviction becomes your experience. So some of you seated here, because I'm about to show you a few things. Some of you seated here might say to yourself, well, I have not fasted enough. And so I'm not qualified. Okay. God says, okay, when you're ready, I'm ready. (laughs) And some of you say, well, I haven't prayed enough, so I can... And God says, okay, when you're ready, I'm ready. I teach people to pray. But just because you haven't prayed, does not mean that you should not see the power of God in the meeting. Okay, let me say that again. 
I teach people to pray. And I love to pray myself. But just because you have not prayed, don't live in a bondage to anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? God never told you that if you don't pray, you're not going to experience the move of the Spirit in the meeting. It's, oh boy, okay. Okay. It's good to pray. Hello? Very good to pray. But don't make it become, and I'm not saying go a lifestyle of not always praying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Always pray. But, for example, you get home, you're so tired, you wake up in the morning, you're really tired. And you're about to preach somewhere. And then, it is that you will not experience the manifestation, no blind eye will open, nobody will be healed, simply because you did not pray. The Bible never told you that. <laughs> say this after me, the Spirit of God lives in me. No, I did not hear your voice. I say, say it after me, the Spirit of God lives in me. Say it again, the Spirit of God lives in me. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter number 11. Let's start to teach from verse 1. All the fields, you can have everything that the Spirit of God has for you. Say amen. amen. Say that with me. I can have all that the Spirit of God has for me. I cannot hear your voice. Say it again. I can have all that the Spirit of God has for me. Say it one more time. I can have all that the Spirit of God has for me. Now say this. I have all that the Spirit of God has for me. Alright, so let's look at Isaiah chapter number 11 from this one. It says, then a shoot, speaking about the Messiah. A shoot will spring from the stock of J.C. Who is J.C.? David's father. A branch from his roots will bear fruit. Next verse. So, go back to verse 1. Let's start like, like this. Okay, so that you're not bereft of any understanding whatsoever. A shoot is going to spring forth. He's talking about Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. So a shoot is going to spring forth, and then he now continues. Verse 2. Verse 2. It says, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Let's take it from there, okay? The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Lord there is Jehovah. The Lord there is Yahweh. yud Hey vav Hey, Yahweh, Jehovah. So he's saying the Spirit of Jehovah will rest upon him. So what exactly is he talking about? The Holy Spirit will rest upon Jesus. Remember that he's talking about the Messiah, right? So he says the Spirit of God will rest on him. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. That is, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Ghost, is going to rest. Alright? Now, here's the other thing that is important that you should notice. It does not say he's going to visit on him. It says he's going to rest. In other words, he's going to stay on him. Look at this. Very important. That word rest there is so important. He's not going to come and go because that's where the equation changed. Now he's going to rest on him. What does this mean? Listen to this. Very important. And I want you to listen. 
What we are about to look at now is not a one-off. It's not something you're going to enjoy today and not enjoy tomorrow. It's not something you're going to experience today and not experience tomorrow. He doesn't come and leave, he rests. So he says the Spirit of God is going to rest. That is, it's going to take his abode on him. Do you understand? It's going to rest, you can put another word, it's going to rest permanently on him. Somebody say rest. rest. You know, that word rest, listen. That word rest means that the Spirit of God has found a home on Jesus. When you rest somewhere, are you bothered about when you decide to rest in a place? You know, there is, there is a conduciveness that is required for rest. So, he's saying the Spirit of God is going to rest. The Spirit of the Lord is going to rest upon him. So, that word Spirit of the Lord is Jehovah. Another, another way to look at it is the Spirit of Lordship is going to rest upon him. In other words, when we say Jesus is the Lord of my life, it means that Jesus has come to take over. So, the Spirit of God is going to rest upon him. Now, he further describes what the Spirit is, who he is. Number one, he calls him the spirit of wisdom. So, when the, the spirit rests upon Jesus, he's saying that he's describing the character of this spirit. He's the spirit of wisdom. Says with me, he's the spirit of wisdom. I want you to shout it out loud. He's the spirit of wisdom. Now, that, that means that wherever you see the spirit, you can tell what to expect. The word wisdom is in the Greek, chokma. And it has to do with discernment. And it has to do with ability to discern things accurately. So, he's described as a spirit of wisdom. In other words, when we talk about all the fields... You can't say that you are experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit and leave wisdom out. Wisdom follows in the narrative. You can't say you are experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit and then you don't expect to walk in wisdom. Supernatural wisdom. Say this with me, I walk in supernatural wisdom. Listen to me, let me tell you. When you are listening to the Word of God, you must come with a disposition to experience all that you are hearing. It's a disposition. You know, there are many people who have, look at, look at this. There are many people who have such a distant relationship with the word. They can, they can sit in church and in, in their minds, you know, pastor is describing somebody else, not me. No, I'm talking to you. Whatever your experience has been, it is you I'm talking to. Say this with me, I have the spirit of wisdom. Let me tell you, with the spirit of wisdom, you can make fewer mistakes in life. Fewer, 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 until you make none. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, he is the spirit of wisdom, and he's resting upon Jesus. Then we go on to see... And understanding. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel. 
Still describing him. Counsel is the Greek word that means advice, consultation, purpose, strategy, and scheme. So when you have the Holy Ghost, alright, you have you have access to consultation. Let me explain. Oh, thank you, precious Holy Spirit. People, you don't understand how big the consultation industry is until you know how many people are making millions of dollars from it. Now, what I'm saying to you is that consultation lives inside you. The consultant himself lives inside you. Let me explain because I don't want to... I don't want to be raising extremists. What this means is that the consultant himself will give you advice. Okay? And the consultant himself can tell you who to consult. Oh, you're not here. You didn't come to service. So, you know why it's important? Don't even think that wisdom comes or what's knowing what to do comes from getting a consultant on your team and asking them what to do. You can pay them several millions of dollars and they give you trash. So the Spirit of God, you, okay, you need consultation for your business. And I'm, look, let me tell you, there are many of you who don't have businesses at that level yet, but I'm talking to you like that. Oh, you're not hearing me. I'm talking to you like you're already there. Because you are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, don't, I'm not talking to you for where you are now. So what, is, what, am I, what do I have to do with consultants? <laughs> you better listen now for, for your, uh, your life is not your, oh, boy, your listen, listen to this your life is not in parts oh boy we are not doing part 1, part 2, part 3, part 4, part 5 your life is a straight is a stretch and God knows the entire stretch and many times he's starting to prepare you now for the stretch so you don't have a business turning, in, turning over multi-millions of dollars right now listen for where you're going you understand what I'm saying? So, he's a spirit of, you know, the Bible says he's a spirit of counsel. So, the consultant himself, I feel the glory of God, and I'm just getting excited, you know. The consultant lives inside you. So, now by consulting the consultant, you know exactly who to hire. You know exactly how to do the business or how to go about your life. It might be any aspect. It may not just be business. It might be any aspect of your life. There are people who have paid several thousands of dollars to consultants and then came back with nothing. In fact, it is debated as one of the most, most um, under, under productive, in other words, under productive industry in the U.S. Let me explain what I mean. There are consultants everywhere. Everybody has a portfolio of consultants. But very few of them actually produce the results that they are supposed to produce. So you can hire them and pay them several thousands of dollars and then come back with nothing. So the spirit of counsel living inside you will tell you who to hire. And many times he will counsel you himself to save you from having to hire. So now you don't need to hire no consultants because he has shown you the secrets. Oh boy, let me show you what that, that, that word also means. That word means counsel. It means advice. It means consultation. 
It also means purpose. In other words, you're going to find the purpose for everything that you do. There are many people who, listen, not, oh boy, not all doors that open to you is the door to walk into. Sometimes, the things that you're shouting and dancing about right now is a trap. The Holy Spirit will show you purpose. For example, listen, and let me say this to you. I, I, I wish I can say this to you in plain English. Don't be that person who jumps excitedly at every opportunity just because it looks really good. Somebody calls you. Look, when they call you, be that person that knows deep in your heart. And when they call you, they're not doing you a favor because they mention South Africa. Ask them all the questions. Counsel. See, some of you need to already have procedures. If you call me to preach now, look, let me tell you, even if I'm pastoring one person, if you call me to preach, there are some questions I'm going to ask you. You know why? I can't dissipate my energy. I'm not for everybody. I can't dissipate my energy. So there are some questions I'm going to ask you. Who am I to preach to? Where is the place? I want to see a picture of the hall. What, do you understand? I'll ask you basic questions. I'll ask you, there's a young guy here who when we were doing evening church, wanted me to come and speak. I told Pastor April, I said, that guy is not serious. And because I have, I know, <laughs> eventually the meeting did not hold. I told I said, that guy, he's not a serious person. If I were you, don't listen to him. Because you don't have the energy to pay attention to everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Spirit of God will tell you what to focus on, what is important, what is not. Counselor. Counselor, consultation, say this with me, consultation lives inside me. No, you, you're not hearing me. Say consultation lives inside me. Say that to me, purpose lives inside me. Do you understand? Now, you want to take some job, you want to do some stuff, there's purpose for it. You're not just doing things every, you know, everything is not a blessing. Everything is not an opportunity. You know, if you understand where God is taking you, there are some things that you say no to just the same way, even though nobody is calling you. Oh boy, you didn't hear me. Today, nobody is calling you. I'm, I know that I'm preaching good, right? Nobody is calling you. There's no call. There's no message. There's no email. Nobody is asking you. And then, the, the one that just shows up, you say, oh God, thank God. Even if he's... Even if, you, let me tell you something. I can go to Ajangbadi. I have crossed the water to go and preach before. I have gone to Blessed Island to go and preach before. Across water. Hmm? But I have to be led to go. Otherwise, I'll tell you no. Not everything is an opportunity. Not everything is a blessing. Not every bo- everyone should be partnered with. Not every business should be partnered with. Now the question, how do you know? Who to partner with? How do you know what to put? Let me tell you, at some point, you must get to the point. Listen to me. You must get to the point where you realize that my name is so precious to be on everything. My name is too precious to be on everything. So you know what? I'm going to trust in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to... Listen. Even if all that you make right now is 5,000 naira monthly. And 5,000 naira yearly. Doesn't matter. That's not the reason for you to touch everything that shows up as an opportunity. You do every job. You carry every business. You do... No, 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 no. A thousand times no. 
Let me tell you, that kind of person will deplete very fast. And let me tell you, your creativity will be so small. Your ability to do life effectively will be so small. You know, Noah Jones said that God told him that he should keep his body intact physically because his, his ministry is going to go global when he gets to 60. So when Noel Jones was 39, 40, he was doing rounds of swimming, doing rounds of exercise, swimming six times in Olympic-sized swimming pool. Because God had told him, your body has to be strong for when you start going all around the world at 60. You understand what I'm saying? And truth of the word, at 60, the nations opened to him. Imagine if his body was already weak. You know what's going to happen? He's going to have that access to all of those things. No body to carry it out. The Spirit of God will tell you what to do. He'll tell you. Now in those moments, you see, this, this kind of counsel is what saves you from being envious. So another person's ministry has blown at 30. You don't understand what God's plan is for him. Leave him. You, your own is arriving at 45. You understand? Stay on your track and do what has to be done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you can't envy anybody. Because God has a plan for your life. Just imagine if he didn't have the body to carry out what he was supposed to do. At 60, he's already weak. What do you think would have happened? But God told him clearly, keep your body alive. Because at 60, your ministry is going to go global. And you shout amen, somebody. Amen. Say, I have counsel inside me. Oh, you're not hearing me. Say, I have counsel on the inside. Say, the spirit of counsel lives in me. Say it again. The spirit of counsel lives in me. Put it in verse 2. Put it in verse 2. So I said, counsel is advice, it's consultation, it is purpose, and it is strategy. You know, I told you last week that the labor of the fool wearies him. Because he doesn't know how to go into the city. And who is a fool? A fool is the person who has said that there is no God. He lacks God's strategy for getting things done. Tries everything. <laughs> Tries let me tell you, eh? See, look up at me, everybody. All of you in this place, you're young. Life can look like fun. Huh? Doing trial and error when you are a teenager. When you begin to get to 40, you know that there's no room for trial and error. And you have to get it right the first time. Hello? Because there's no time. To be failing and rising and falling. Rising and falling. Fail today, succeed tomorrow. Fail today, succeed. There's no time for that. By the time you get to 50. But why wait till you get to 50? Why wait till then? You can start now. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Strategy. You know, did you hear in scripture, maybe next time I'll show you. But did you hear that the world actually, the, the, the idea was that the world was designed to come and observe you. You know how they, like, eh? Eh? Just observe. Like, how? Huh? That's the plan. Only 
the world was supposed to just come and ah, eh? ah, ah, eh? The Bible says it. That it so that through you, God will showcase his wisdom to the world. That's the plan. So they're supposed to be, what? Ha, I thought I knew, what? That's the idea. Shout amen, somebody. Amen. So, the strategy to get it done. Counsel has to do with strategy. You know, you can be praying the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God will open your eyes. And you will see the strategy to get something done. You see, strategy. You know how to do it. So that you don't live your life in trial and error. Trial and error can be sweet as a teenager. 16, 17, it's sweet. You try to fail, you try it again. By the time you start crossing 30, and you start crossing 35, and you start crossing 36, sweetheart, you know, there's no room to be trying and failing. You say, eh, you know, if you fail 70 times, if you fail, shut up and don't listen to those motivational speakers. <laughs> you, fail, you fail 70 times, it doesn't matter. So long as you can stand up, almost, there are some people, <laughs> by, the, by the eighth time, they can't stand up again. They are, they are spent. Let me tell you, hey, look up at me. Look up at me. How credible. You know, you know, oh boy, I feel the power of God. You know, business people tell you that, you know, one of the things that helps you in business is to build credibility. And let me ask you a question. How credible can you be if we give you a, um, some resources, first time, you blow it. Second time, you blow it. Third time, you blow it. Fourth time, you blow it. Fifth time, you blow it. All in the name of learning, learning, you know, the curve. Sixth time, you blow it. Seventh time you blow it. Hey, but if, if he even gets to the seventh. By the eighth, do you think I want to give you any resource anymore? You know why? You don't have a track record. You keep blowing stuff. And so somebody will now come and tell you, well, you rise and fall, you rise, even you rise and fall up to 70 times. There's no time for that. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no time for that. Say this after me, the spirit of counsel lives in me. Say it again. The spirit of counsel lives in me. He'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you where to place that industry. He'll tell you what to do. How to take care of your body. He'll tell you. He'll tell you what to do. He'll give you direction. He's the spirit of counsel. Now we can see. How that Jesus knew what to do with the five loaves and two fish. He was counseled. Mm. Okay, no, don't worry. Wow. Don't worry. Wow. He was counseled. Some of you say, Ah, um, but um, Jesus was God. Jesus is God. When Jesus came to earth, he had to live like a man. And trust the counsel of the Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, it was the Holy Ghost that told him what to do with five loaves and two fish. It was the Holy Ghost that told him where to look to get the gold coin. It was the Holy Ghost that told him how to go about walking on water. It was the Holy Ghost that showed him every single miracle. The turning of water to wine, it was the Holy Ghost that showed him. That's why the Bible says, look at this scripture. 
Isaiah is a messianic prophet. I keep saying that all the time. He's a messianic prophet pointing to what is going to happen. So he's telling you Jesus the Messiah is going to become incarnate and be born in, as a human being. Then the Holy Spirit will rest upon him. And when this Holy Spirit is resting upon him, he's going to give him wisdom. He's going to give him understanding. He's going to give him counsel. This was describing the physical times of Jesus. His life on earth was going to be lived depending on the gifts of the Spirit. Alright? So there's counsel. And then the other word there is his speed of strength. That's why Paul would say to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in your inner mind. He's a speed of strength. Alright? Strength. And then, he's a spirit of knowledge. He's a spirit of knowledge. Say, I have knowledge inside me. I have knowledge inside me. Say it again, I have knowledge inside me. I have knowledge inside me. Oh, say it one more time. I have knowledge living inside me. I have inside Let me ask you a question. Is it possible to know something without being taught? Is it possible to have access to truth, circular truth, worldly wisdom that nobody ever had to teach you? Yes. I showed you Daniel. Even me, I've been all, of, all through last week, I've been studying Daniel and I've been amazed. Went to another man's country as a teenager and, you know, learned how to speak language fluently. And the things that he was doing, nobody taught him. The spirit of knowledge and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. We are looking at all of the things that the spirit of God is. Are you hearing me? So he is a spirit of reverence. That's, thank God it's there in the Amplified. The fear of the Lord is not the fear of him. I'm afraid, trepidation that, that causes you to run away. It is reverential fear. Look at what this fear looks like. Oh, wow. That's how this fear looks. Not, no, it is reverence, worship. You know what this fear of the Lord means? You fear the Lord so much, you reverence Him so much. Listen, that you agree with whatever He calls you. So if He calls you righteous, you don't argue. You agree. It's reverence. It's that, see, you are the senior, I'm the junior. You understand? Your opinion of me is what I have chosen to take. I reverence you. I accept what you say about me. What you have said, alright, is the right thing. So now let's look at this again. Start from verse 1 again. It says, then a shoot, the Messiah, will spring. He's talking about the time when it's going to happen. A shoot, the Messiah, will spring from the stock of J.C. And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Next verse. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now he begins to describe what this spirit brings when he comes. You know, how many of you, when you are, when you are a child, you say, Daddy, I want you to get me gifts when you're coming back. And Daddy is coming back and then he brings you, you know, he comes with goodies, right? So we're looking at all the goodies that the Holy Ghost is coming with to rest upon Jesus. Wisdom. Understanding, counsel, strength, the spirit of knowledge, 
and the reverential fear of the Lord. Next verse. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Talking about Jesus. And he will not judge. You see, when this spirit comes to rest upon you, one of the things that he does is that he will cause you not to judge with what you see, with your eyes. Nor make decisions by what he hears. That's what the Holy Ghost will do for you. So let's do that again and then I'll go right into I have many things to share with you. Are you being blessed? So let's go to verse 2 again. I'm just enjoying myself. Amen. Amen. I want you to say wisdom. Wisdom. Alright? And then I want you to say understanding. Understanding. I want you to say counsel. Counsel. And I want you to say strength. Strength. Say knowledge. knowledge. And the fear of the Lord. Now, why does the Holy Spirit say he's going to rest? Remember, the word rest there is that it is not a one-time experience. It is a resting. That is, it's a continuous experience. All through Jesus' living experience, did he display wisdom once? Once, as far as once and no more. No? He displayed wisdom till <laughs> all through his time on earth. How about counsel? Once and no more. This is counsel. The woman that you live with, counsel, counsel, right? The, the man that you live with now, that man is not your husband. And you've had five more. Alright? Counsel. If you let me, I will give you river of living with counsel. You understand? Alright? The water that you will drink from here, you will thirst again. Counsel. But the water that I will give to you, you will not test again. Counsel. Who is talking all this while? The Holy Ghost. Talking through Jesus. That's why let me tell you. Amongst your peers, if you learn to depend on the Spirit of God, you will be wiser than all of them. The counsel you will give them, you will be wise. Do you understand what I'm saying? You'll be wiser than all of them. Now, all of this resting on Jesus. Now listen, Jesus is our big brother. How many of you know that? How many of you know Jesus is our senior brother? How many of you know that? How many of you know? Put up your hands if you know. Jesus is our senior brother. How do we know? The Bible says he was the only begotten son of God. But now he's the first amongst many brethren. <laughs> you understand? That brethren there is the conch word for brothers. So he's the first amongst many brethren. Now, he's the first amongst many brethren means he's the prototype for others to follow. In other words, he's the template. He's the prototype. Now, for us to create, you know, others, we look at the prototype. So that others are created after the fashion of the prototype. Meaning, if the spirit rested on Jesus, the spirit rests on everything in Jesus, including you. Because the last time we checked, the new position of the believer is where? In Christ. 
The new position of the believer is where? In Christ. So prototype means that whatever is on the main stuff, alright, finds its way into all the other stuff. That's why scripture can easily say, as he was, is, so are we in this world prototype. Whenever they want to make a car, the first thing that they do is they go into the design room and then they design the car. Then they go to the assembly line and then they produce a prototype. When that prototype comes, he goes through a test. When that test is fulfilled, they say, now, according to the standard of this prototype, make the rest like this. So, in other words, the spirit resting upon Jesus is a prototype for the Spirit of God resting upon the believer. And when the Spirit of God rests upon the believer, what is he going to bring with you? He's bringing with him wisdom. He's bringing with him understanding. He's bringing with him what? Counsel. He's bringing with him what? Strength. He's bringing with him what? You know, he's bringing all of those things. He's bringing knowledge to you. You understand? He's bringing the reverential fear of the Lord to you. Not the scary type of fear of the Lord, but the reverential fear of the Lord. It is a fear that wants you to come, not a fear that, that drives you away. Say, He lives in me. He lives in me. Oh, shout it out loud. He is upon me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now you have internal GPS inside. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you pay attention to Him, you're not going to give every guy attention. You understand? Because inside GPS. Don't waste your time. This no, don't. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. My question is, why do you have something you're not using? Wow. And I told you last week, if you got the gift, use the gift. Trust him. He's inside. Hey, say he's inside. He's inside. Say it again. He's inside. he's inside. Oh, shout it out loud. He's on the inside. He's on the inside. And he's guiding me, and he's guiding me. through life. Hallelujah. Through life. Listen now. Listen. Listen. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Whilst we were worshipping, the glory of the Lord came upon me and I began to speak words. And I was speaking in other tongues and the Spirit of God was giving me the interpretation there and then. And then he said to me, he said, tell the people. Now this is, he just reminded me now and I'm going to say it as he has said it. So he said, oh, you know what, pastor, but I made a mistake. I was with a guy for four years and it was the biggest mistake of my life. And whilst we're worshipping, the Spirit of God said, tell these people that the Holy Ghost does not give you after the fashion of your mistake. The Holy Ghost gives you after the fashion of His goodness. Okay? The Holy Ghost does not give you after the fashion of scarcity. The Holy Ghost gives you after the fashion of abundance. That's the reason why we did not see a rebuke for the prodigal son. You know why? Because there's more where that came from. You understand? Alright? When we domesticate animals, they begin to lack. Yes, sir. When we take a monkey out of the wild and put them in the house, then we start to ration how they feed. You say, you feed in money. If I'm available, you feed in the afternoon. If I'm not available, <laughs> say go bay. Then in the evening, alright, if I feel like, okay, so what if I come back and I had a very bad day, and I had a very terrible day, do you understand? I'll go to bed and forget that I have a monkey that is domesticated, that has not eaten. 
That's man for you. Whenever things come from the realm of God's provision and comes into the hand of man, he begins to experience man's own scarcity and man's own way of thinking. But God never designed that things will come after the flesh or after the kind of man's thinking. God designed that things will come to you after the kind of his spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And by the spirit there is no scarcity. You understand? That's the reason. Now, 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 the Spirit of God told me, tell them, if they have made blunders and they have made mistakes, there are some of you who may have wasted resources. He said, tell them, I don't give them after the kind of their waste. I give them after the kind of my generosity. It is me that should be focused on, not the waste. It is me. Did Did you ever hear any class? How many of you had, Manchin, how many of you had that mom's talk or dad's talk just before you go to school. They sit you down and it starts with, you remember the child of whom you are. Remember where you're coming from. Remember, and then they have the talk. That talk always gets you rolling your eyes. Because they now give you stories that they've given you 20 times. They'll give you the 20 I don't know why they do that thing. I don't know. And please, may you not be that kind of mother or father. <laughs> I don't know why they do it. They'll tell you, sometimes, when, when, when they start to talk, I'm like, God of mercy, you have told me this up to 50 times before. And he starts to give you lessons. And they start to give you advice. And in fact, especially when you do something wrong, that's when they'll start telling you the stories they told you five years ago, six years ago. We did not see God, oh yeah. we did not see God see the need to give the prodigal a lesson or an instruction. Or tell him a story. Wow. Or tell him something. We didn't see any need. It was as if... <laughs> it was as if he did nothing wrong. You know what God used to instruct him? His abundance. Wow. He said, let my abundance be how you get instruction. So he told them, he said, kill the fatted cow. Get him a robe. Put it on him. You understand? Give him the signet ring. That's how God is teaching him a lesson. Wow. It's as if to say, you know what? Spend some more. Spend some more. Spend some more. Now listen, let me tell you. God's love in instruction is more powerful than condemnation in instruction. We don't do it, but God does it. So if you've, if you've wasted seasons, you wasted time with the wrong person, God said, I should announce to you. If you've wasted time, you know, in terms of resources, God said, I should announce to you. Just because you wasted that resource doesn't mean that you should expect that the gate is shut. After all, I gave you before. What did you do with it? I'm not giving you again. Uh-uh. To teach you a lesson, he's opened the floodgates even more. And now, he's pouring out on you. And I'm speaking to some of you here. He's pouring out on you beyond your wildest imaginations. Your mistake notwithstanding, something is happening to you that is reflective of God's abundance and his grace. Many times your eyes are too much on yourself. It's time to fix your eyes on him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, 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 fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on him. Glory to God. Fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on him. The wilderness have become a fruitful field. Fix your eyes on him. The dry lands have become a river flowing wide. Fix your eyes on him. Talk like that for a long time, says the Spirit of God. Talk like that for a long time and you will see it become a reality. Talk like that and keep talking like that. Glory to God forevermore. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? The power of God is upon you, causing things to be turned around swiftly. Alright, things are changing for good. Things are changing for good. Things are changing for good. Glory to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? He doesn't instruct you in, in scarcity. And He doesn't speak to you after the manner of your, of your, of your mess. So shout with me, prototype. As he is, so am I. So if the Spirit is resting on Jesus, should the Spirit rest on you? Has the Spirit rested on you? Is the Spirit living in you? Do you have wisdom? Christ has been made unto us what? Wisdom from God. Do you have counsel? Alright, can you give counsel to your generation? The right words to your generation. Do you understand what I'm saying? This counsel is strategy. I told you. It's strategy. This counsel is scheme as well. Knowing how to plot things. This counsel is purpose. What that means is that by the leading and the guidance of the Spirit, everything that you do will will align with your reason for being on earth. Say this after me. It's not everything. Hey, talk to me. It's not everything that is worthy of my time. Say it again, say it again. It is not everything that is worthy of my attention. I choose what to focus on. And I focus on what Christ has made for, of me. Yeah. 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 Alright. Let's look very briefly. Matthew seventeen fourteen. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, next verse, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oftentimes into the water. Next verse. And I brought him to your disciples. And they could not cure him. Next verse. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. From what very hour? Who is this? Jesus, from that very hour, let me tell you, listen to me. For the rest of your life, I want you to know hmm, that the design is that you get results instantly. If it is not happening yet, don't give up. Don't accept that, oh, well, maybe it's not for me. Eh? It's for you. I just showed you prototype. I, didn't I just show you prototype? Yes, prototype, right? So, okay, so let me ask you a question. Who is doing all of this in Jesus now? Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm teaching, right? Answer, answer me with confidence. 
Who is doing all of this in the ministry of Jesus now? The Holy Ghost is responsible for this. Right? In Him. Right? Resting upon Him. Didn't you hear that He's called the Spirit of Might? Might means that you're able to do mighty works. Let me explain. Things beyond your capacity. It is by design that you as a believer should do things beyond your capacity. You know that word small but mighty? (laughs) Things beyond your capacity. So let me show you. Then came the disciples. Because this is where where I'm going to close this service. Okay? Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. You know, they had to call him out and say, Jesus, please, I want you to tell us what, what happened. Why could we not cast him out? See, they were worried. Because they probably believed that they should be able to cast him out. So they were worried. You know, not some people that say, well, <laughs> it's fine. If I couldn't cast him out, well, it's, it's not working. Well, or I'm not one of those people. I'm, I'm not good enough. Maybe that's why God doesn't want to use me. No problem. <laughs> they asked. They began to ask, why did we not cast him out? And Jesus said to them, because of your words. Please highlight this. Because of your words. Full stop. Did he say because you're not good enough? Hi. Oh, church. Oh, church. Would to God that you understood this. Did he say because you're not good enough? Did he say because you didn't fast? Because you didn't pray? Because you've not been a good guy? And all of that. He just said because of your unbelief. What did I start with? Whatever you are convinced about, that's what you're going to say. Let me tell you. If you truly believe that your life is going to pick up slowly, uh, good, good fortune to you. Mm-hmm. Truly, your life will pick up slowly. 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 Say, things happen like that. You know, life. Be careful whose voice you're listening to. Did I tell you last week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, whose voice that you're listening to. You know, things, that's how it is. It just happens like that. It goes like that, like that. So you take it easy, take it easy. And then guess what? You too, when you now want to explain why things are not working, you start using the words they said to you. I <laughs> say, well, you know, in business, it starts slow. Eh? <laughs> Let me tell you. I've seen a business that started today. Eh? Are you hearing what I'm saying? In six months. Eh? They need their one-year projection. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying? The projection for one year, proceeds why? He started a business in Benue State. And the business they were projecting would, would start turning profit by the, first, by the end of the first year, which is 12 months. That business started turning in profit exactly six months after it was opened. When I say profit, I'm not saying, I'm not saying um, profit. I'm talking double what they started with. And we're talking several, several, several millions. What you've accepted is what's going to happen. These guys being accepted, they say, why did we, why were we not able to do this thing? In other words, we know that this is the life that is available to us, so why can't we do it? And then Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Then he goes on to say, he says, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say, next verse, unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove. And what? Let's read that part together. And wait, does nothing include your present situation right now? 
Nothing includes your present situation. The situation you're experiencing right now. Yeah, nothing. Okay. Next verse. How be it? So, let's continue. Let's read together. I want to go. How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by what? Prayer and fasting. This kind of what? This kind of what? Talk! This kind of what? What was the reason why they couldn't do it? This kind of unbelief does not go. Does it say this kind of demon? Why are you not answering me now? It does not say this kind of demon. Look at it in context. Okay, let me ask you a question. So, if it was this kind of demon, then we now we need to become forensic, forensic ministers to know which kind of demon has come. Type A, type B, type C, type D. You understand? So, which type is it? So we have to, yeah, then, okay, show me Lord, you know, what type is it? It's not the demon he's talking about. Any type of demon, big, small, short, fat, any type will respond to the man that has belief. Any type. Any type. No matter how old, you understand, no matter how old, even if the, the demon is 100 years old, or is a baby demon, any demon will respond to the man that has belief. We don't need to, you see, then... You now go to prayer houses where they will, they will now take you for six months in knowing the type of demons and what color they come and how they look. Six months cost. They say they are different demons. So now we want to take you through a six months deliverance course so that you know the type when you see it. If it comes like breeze, you know it's this type. And if it comes like fire, you know it's this type. And if it comes like any type, one belief, any type. Do you understand? It doesn't matter how many they are. It doesn't matter how long they've been there. So long as I believe, they'll go. What, so what was Jesus saying? The difference... Oh, somebody lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Look at me. What was Jesus then saying to them? That the difference between me and you is that I believe and you don't. Oh, stop. Jesus was not saying that the reason why I did it is because I'm Jesus and you are not. Because the next, we're going to now hear that as he is, so are we. So Jesus wasn't saying, it's because I'm Jesus and you're not. That's the reason why he couldn't do it. He said, no, both of us can do it. The only difference is unbelief. Then he now says that what is, this unbelief does not go out except by prayer and fasting. In other words, you're all your, you see all that spiritual gimmicks that you do. All that spiritual energy that you, that you exert eh? to deal with forces that are keeping you small. Or to deal with forces that are stopping you from expanding. Or, or to deal with forces from your father's house. That spiritual energy and exercise should be transformed into casting down imaginations. And bringing down molds. And bringing down mental pictures. And bringing down mental... Do you understand? Bringing down the molds in your mind. The mental pictures. Bringing down all of those things. Casting them down. Those are the things. Because once it opens up, the floodgate starts. Once your mind can receive it, the floodgate starts. So, we're not saying you shouldn't do spiritual exercise. But it's not external things that are stopping you. It's your belief. 
you are in church and you still believe somebody is doing you from your father's house in this kind of church. Father's household household demon. Just think about it. Some of you are so sophisticated. You went to write good schools and everything. But just think about it. Somebody will carry money and take his whole family. They travel to the east or they travel to the west and they say they are going to do land deliverance. Family deliverance. Land deliverance. All they do, they'll go there or they'll tell you, go to your village, bring the sand in your father's compound and come to me. Jesus said this kind of unbelief does not go except by prayer and fasting. So what does the believer do now? I've just shown you some things. And would to God, I'll probably, I'll probably <laughs> I need to show you some more things. I want to stay on this series for a bit more. So when you, when, okay, what's the problem now? Unbelief. In other words, favor, do me a favor. And go to scripture. And look at all that scripture says your life should look like. And how quickly too. Mm-hmm. And hold on to it. That's what you take into fasting and prayer. Until your own pictures have shattered. And now the picture of the word is now what is in your spirit. Konemoyo said that as a child growing up. His idea of prosperity is Mother, father, children, two cars. That's all. So when he grew up, and you know, he started, he started working and all of that. That was his only goal. That was his only dream. Mother, father, children, and how many cars? Two cars. That's it. One for the dad, one for the mom. That's it. Now, with that picture in your mind, you can never attract the third car. Never. See, let me tell you. I say what? Never. Even if they impose the third car on you, say, take it. When, when that car comes, one of the other cars will spoil. You will come back to that mental picture of two cars. If a man has not risen above, above 50,000, if you give him 10 million, he will shrink that money back to 50,000. I'm telling you. Pictures. Mental images. Pictures. That's what you're dealing with here. The things they said cannot happen as quickly. That's all. So he said he took out time to fast. Now you can see what fasting and prayer is for. Hello? Can you see what fasting and prayer is for? It's for dealing with unbelief, not dealing with Satan. It's not for dealing with demons. You don't need to fast and pray to deal with demons. It's to cast down imaginations and unbelief. What is that thing that is blocking me? That's why, let me tell you. If, if you are that person, listen, let me tell you. Look up at me, everybody. Look up at me. If you struggle to believe God's word, you are under a spiritual attack. If you struggle to, to study the word, you are under a spiritual attack. If you struggle to pray, you are under a spiritual attack. And I never told you that the devil is stronger than you. I'm just saying you are being attacked. Whatever will make you not to look at the perfect law of liberty and continue gazing thereon is an attack. 
It's trying to keep you with that mental mode, with that picture, keep you small. So Cornell said he went and took out time fasting and praying and putting scripture. You know what, what used to happen to him? Even when he gets a third car, one of them will pack up irreparably and they are back to two. Until he took out time and went and locked his door, fasting and praying. And looking at what the word of God said, the unbelief shattered. Mm. Now, it is how many they've given out, yeah. not how many they have. So what is, what is the hindrance? I told, you how to use, I told you I was going to be talking about how to use the gift. What is the hindrance? Unbelief. All these beautiful things that we're talking about that Jesus has done. What is stopping me from enjoying it? Unbelief. How do I deal with unbelief? Take out time. Fast and pray. With pictures of God's word in your spirit. That's how to deal with unbelief. In other words, unbelief will hinder you. I'm not getting so many shouts anymore. What's fine? Unbelief will hinder you from that which you're supposed to be enjoying. But you can't enjoy them anymore because there's unbelief somewhere. Howbeit, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Let me ask you a question. What is prayer? Two things. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is making declarations of what God has said to you. Say amen. Amen. Brother, what is prayer? I talk to God. Father, I thank you because you're good. A faithful love endures forever. And then, prayer is making declarations boldly of the things God has said to you. Now, how do you get the boldness to say the things God has said to you? Because sometimes it's going to be, it's going to be too deep for you. How do you get the boldness? You pray in tongues. How many of you have been blessed? So let me ask you. How many of the gifts of the Spirit should you enjoy? All. All or a few? I want to read something to you. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm just going to run through it. And then... Another time, I'm going to touch on them. Maybe next week, Sunday. For each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the spiritual illumination, and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. To one, Please pay attention. To one is giving. Now, I want to explain this. When he says to one is giving, he's not saying to one, to one is giving. That one, that word one is talking about this one, that one, that's anyone. Do you understand? To anyone is giving. Not to one as far I give you, to one is giving. As though it's a preferential thing. No. It is to anyone is giving. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That is, for example, let me give you an example. To one is giving would mean 
Anyone that is available. Anyone. Do you understand what I'm saying? We'll read it. You'll see it. To one is given, I want to finish now. To one is giving through the Spirit, the power to speak the message of wisdom. And to another, the power to express the word of knowledge. And understanding according to the same Spirit. Next verse. To another, go back to verse, verse 8. To one is giving the word of wisdom by the Spirit. To another is giving the word of knowledge. These are gifts. By the Spirit. To another is giving understanding. Why? By what? The same Spirit. Next verse. To another, wonder-walking faith is given. By the same Holy Spirit. And to another, the extraordinary gift of healing. By the one Spirit. And to another, the walking of miracles. And to another... Prophecy, foretelling the future, speaking a new message from God to the people. And to another, what? Discernment of spirits. The ability to distinguish sound, godly doctrine from what? Deceptive doctrine of man-made religions and cults. To another... Various kinds of unknown tongues. These are gifts. And to another, next verse, next verse. And to another, interpretation of tongues. Now go to the next verse. You now see where the bias of the bias of the interpretation comes in. And I'll show you in the King James. Let's read together once ago. All these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering, are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit. So who brings it in? The Holy Spirit, alright, distributing to each one individually as he chooses. Now, you see, this is where a lot of people have gotten it wrong. They say he is giving to in every individual. As he chooses. In other words, not everybody gets the same thing. So it's as he chooses, as he pleases. But if you go to the original Greek word for this word, as he wills, you would realize that the Greek word says, as it, it actually means as his manner is. In other words, he distributes freely the way his manner is. For example, let me give you an example. There can be someone that you know as a friend who would come in and he's very generous and he gives, you know, everybody here something. You say, that's the way he is. That's his manner. That's what he does. So, he's, he's not describing, you know, that he's preferential in his treatment. He's describing the way his manner is. That's how he is. So he gives to everyone freely as he is. As his manner is. But listen to me. These are the gifts of the Spirit. Now let me ask you. These gifts, these nine of them. This is where I'm going to catch you now. These nine of them, do they rest on Jesus? Yes, sir. Maybe we should have... How many of you know that salvation is a gift? 
Hey, church, answer me. How many of you know salvation is a gift? Yes, sir. So why is God not preferential in the giving of salvation? Okay, let me ask you another question. Is salvation a greater gift than faith? Or than working of miracles? No, no, no. Answer intelligently. Think before you answer. Salvation and the ability to work miracles. Which one is greater? So, if I gave you salvation that is greater, I will now have preferential treatment with the workings of miracles. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. If you look at it from that angle. And if you look at it from the other angle of, but all these gifts are in Christ. And I am in Him. Okay, the Holy Spirit should have done select child, selection pre- preference with Jesus. Say, Jesus, I give you eight gifts. The ninth one is as I choose. And right now, I don't, I'm not happy. I don't want to give you. Can you, on a, can you see that narration happening with Jesus? So why do you see it happening with you? Wow. Say this after me, I'm in Christ. No, say it again. Say it out loud. Say, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. So all the gifts, are they available to you or not? So what's stopping you from using them? Unbelief. How do you deal with unbelief? How many of you need to deal with unbelief here? Do you know that by, by God's design, some of you can arrive at a place in three months that your human wisdom could not take you. All by the Spirit of God. What, the only thing stopping you is unbelief. The, the hindrance is unbelief. So, I can tell you for free that you can decide to take a fast for one month of social media because it's filled with a lot of junk and you want to see clearly what the Spirit of God is saying. Let me tell you, and I close on this note. Whatever you do in the next one month, for example, or one week, or one day, it's up to you can make such a difference in the next three months. You see something for yourself, so you stop envying your friends. Otherwise, Daniel would have wanted to be like his friends, not knowing that there was something greater in the meal God had told him to eat. You stop envying anybody. God bless you. You have your stuff going for you. I love you. God bless you. I celebrate you. Oh, great stuff. I celebrate. I love you. But the last time I checked, just because you received from God does not mean that He doesn't have to give to me. You know, I've been, I've been saying this thing over time. And I'll close here. Spend time with the Lord. He has good things to show you. Amen. Amen. How many of you have been blessed? Rise to your feet. I want to give you eight minutes. Pray in the Holy Ghost now. I want you to pray for yourself. Say, I have the spirit of wisdom. I have the spirit of wisdom. 
Hallelujah. How many of you really look up at me? Let me please sit on this and one show them one last scripture. Please keep standing. This this is gonna be where I'll start from next week. Matthew chapter number three, sixteen and seventeen. Just just look to the screen as you as you look at that scripture. Somebody say prototype. Did you get that? Did you get what we shared today? Prototype, right? Now look at the first time that the Spirit of God came on Jesus' body. See what happened. And, when, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Now stop here for a minute. Many people will see this and say the Spirit of God is a dove. He's not a dove. He's not a dove. All of those churches where they use a dove to represent the Holy Spirit, that's so wrong. He's not a dove. And he was not even likening him to a dove. Oh God. He was just saying that, you know, he was trying to describe the descent. He's saying the way a dove will descend on something, that's the way the Spirit of God descended. Like a dove, the way a dove would come. You know, and I'm sure he was using that to describe gently, you know, rested upon him gently. Not, not that the Spirit of God is a dove. The different way to say it is that he came and pounced on him. No, he said he descended softly like, like a dove would. That's all. So you, you go and start, to, and, and, and start to call the Holy Spirit a dove. That's an insult. He created the dove. He's not a dove. You can't describe him as a dove. You can't use a dove to symbolize him. You can't use a dove to describe him. He's not a dove. At all. He's the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost Almighty. He's not a dove. And he's not even in the likeness of a dove. Oh God. Can the Holy Ghost be in the likeness of a dove? Right? And see, this is where I want us to start from. Please, please, please pay attention to this. It's so important. Please. The Bible says, And the Holy Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. Next verse, please. And lo, read it together with me. Let it want to go. And lo, uh-huh. a voice from heaven. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is my Stop. What is the first thing that happens to Jesus when the Holy Spirit came on him? He heard God tell him, I am pleased with you. I wanted to show you that before we go. If you have the ministry of the Spirit of God in your life, the first thing he would tell you is that God is pleased with you. The first thing. At this point, Jesus has not opened any blind eyes. You know, Jesus has not performed like the son of his father. He was still just receiving the Holy Spirit fresh. And already, you know, those of you who work in corporate places, your your, um, what's the word? Your um, appraisal comes after your performance. 
So they appraise you after you have performed. In Jesus' case, his appraisal came before he performed. Alright? And his appraisal came to empower him to perform. And his appraisal was the empowerment to perform. So God, in giving him the Holy Ghost, was the first thing that he heard the Holy Spirit say to him, is that I am pleased with you. He had not opened any blind eyes. He had not made any deaf ear to hear. He had not done anything. And I said, prototype. Prototype. In other words, the first thing you should hear as a sign that you have the Holy Ghost is that God is pleased with you. Listen. God is pleased with you. That's the first thing you should hear. And every other performance comes from the first revelation. God is well pleased with me. Lift up those hands wherever you are. And say, thank you, precious Holy Spirit. You are showing me that God is pleased with me. I rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. Hallelujah. Are you excited here? Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.